What's wrong with you people? How do y'all feel this morning? Why do you always make me define what you meant? Welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast where we discuss issues of life and theology in a very serious and somber manner. Very My name is Daniel Corey. I am a pastor in the Kirkland area. <laughs> so specific. So specific. Yes, and I am Josh Loftus, a member at said church in the Kirkland area. Daniel. Yeah. Happy National Walking the Dog Day. Thank you. I thought you would forget this year. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I didn't get you anything. <laughs> you didn't get me like... No, normally I get my dog's things, but yeah. I didn't get you anything. <laughs> That's a real day? It is a real day, yeah, actually. Today, well, when when we are recording this, yes, which oh, is, we are recording right. this on February 22nd, a little Shh. behind the scenes, peek behind the curtain. On, it is National Walking the Dog Day. It's also National Margarita Day, but National Walking the Dog Day. Who is Margaret Rita? Someone that you don't need to know. Okay. How are you doing, man? I'm tired. I'm, I'm good. I'm re- I'm looking tired. snazzy, though. You are looking snazzy. You got some socks that have some German... Is that... It's is German. Is that Heil... Heil... No, Heil... Heilstein? Heil... Wh- Here I stand, say? I can do no other. Oh, okay. Sorry. Get it? Here yes. I stand, and it's on a sock. I get it. I get it. Um, At least you're, you're, wearing you're not socks. like a sock guy, though. You're no. like an ankle sock guy. Yeah, so your socks go all the way up. Well, I, I'm modest. <laughs> so. y- your ankles are very immodest. <laughs> yes, people. We're talking about socks. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're wearing socks. Cause, dude, I was in a coffee shop the other day. Yeah. I'm not going to say what coffee shop it was because I don't want to add to the stereotype. Narrative. But <laughs> Keep going. No, but <laughs> a guy walked in. Yeah. And it was a guy. Okay. At least he had he had a beard. So I'm going off of sure. that. Uh, tightest jeans I've ever seen in my mm-hmm. life. Okay. Which, you know, it's 2020. I get it. It's kind of par for the course. He was so into normal. them. Continue. Yeah. I, one, I don't know how he got in them, much less how he's going to get out of them. I don't think he does. I think they just stay there. I think it's literally in, engrafted onto his body at this point. But anyway, he was wearing these like leather. So you know, like the leather, like, like the yacht shoes, yeah. or like dress shoes. Dress shoes. It's Did like it the have leather, the, the flanges like, up front, loafers, the loafers. Y- yes, like the. They're yeah, called yacht shoes. The slip-ins. Yeah. No socks. That's a thing. That is a thing. My foot would sweat. That's a thing. Like I a feel well. Pig. Yeah, and like I feel like I want to make. So I'm really tired. My inhibitions are down. Oh dear. If you are a guy that wears dress sh- shoes without socks, yeah, you're a wuss. Uh, wh- what about? <laughs> I'm missing the. I could say that, like, if you said they were odious, I would I would get that. I just feel like he literally needs to walk around with like foot powder all the time in he, his pocket, oh, except he couldn't up. fit it in his pocket because he his probably buys his gold bond ad. Costco. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Bond up? I hate to see, like, he probably gets home, takes the shoes off, and, yeah. like, has to, like, air dry them or wring them out from all oh. of the sweat. Wear socks, people. 
Please wear, just wear socks. either like a merino wool or a cotton. Yeah. Or something. Just and don't do like don't do the European cut socks. Oh, where it like goes down like below the yeah, ankle bone. Don't do that. That's the worst. Immodest. That's almost as ba- that's almost worse. I don't want to see ankle bone. It's I like wearing like, right now, and I don't want to see that. You don't see my ankle bone. I can see your ankle no, bone. It's hidden by my shoe. Not I'm not wearing banana socks. <laughs> that's what they're called. Is that what that's called? Yeah. <laughs> Roll with it. You know. <laughs> You know what's uh, you know what is very manly though. <laughs> oh, I love, it. I love it. You know what is very manly is b- beard oil, beard products <laughs> by our awesome sponsor, RenewedMan.com. Head on over to RenewedMan.com and pick up all of your beard oil, all of your products that you need for your beard. You will not be a wuss no. if you use their beards products. Head on over to Renewed Man, Instagram, Facebook, Renewed Man Grooming. Uh, yeah, go get their stuff. It's good stuff. We really like it. So, Josh. Yes. Speaking of, um, there's just no segue from beard oil and sand socks. I would really like to see you try, though. Do your absolute best to segue, segue. into our topic. Yep. Do it. So, Josh, yep. on the topic of socks, right? it made me think of... Things that are normal and orderly, and but or things that are regulated by scripture. Yes, yes, and exactly. Banana like socks are not regulated. They might be normal, but it's to not some. Yeah, but scripture does not speak to that. Does or not regulate mean it's right. it, which reminds me of the regulative and uh, normative no. principle of worship. Oh, dude, me too. That's exactly you know when I when I saw that guy in narrative and without the socks, I was literally thinking. This is why we need the regulative this principle. Is, this is why. <laughs> because you, this. When you get outside the boundaries of scripture, junk gets weird. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yep. Very, very weird. So, so we're talking about the norm the excuse me, the regulative principle within the confines of spe- specifically church, right? Our order of service, our liturgy, if you will. So, I will. So Daniel let's 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 do our listeners a favor here let's assume somebody's listening they have no clue what liturgy is maybe they have kind of yeah. a like a like a kind of an okay idea and they yeah. think it's catholic or they think it's really lutheran sure. explain to us what is liturgy well so can I back it up? I, I love taking your question and then I just back it up. You a step do and it talk all the about time what I want to. It drives anyway. me insane. Well, I gave you a softball of a segue. So of what we need, we need to define terms first before we, we do. Talk about but stuff. first, first question: Does God care about how His people worship? You're going to preset yes. me. Yes. Yes, he does care. Yep. God cares how His people worship. Yeah. And if you doubt that, you could flip on over to Leviticus chapter ten mm. and ask. Um, Nadab and Abihu, when they worship God with strange fire, how it went for them. Uh, uh, Abihu. Abihu. Nadab and Abihu. I didn't say it wrong. That's fair. Abihu. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> God did not like how they worshipped. Uh, yeah, no. They, they offered up some 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 strange flames, some strange fire. And there's an interesting uh, pattern there. It says that they offered fire which God did not command them. Right. And so there's a theme that goes on through, well, th- really through all of Scripture that we should worship God in the way that he has commanded us to. So there's two big schools of kind of 
figuring out what we should do. One would be the normative principle, which kind of says, you know, what is not forbidden in Scripture is kind of fair game. So you can have um, flag waving. You can yeah, have interpretive can dance. Flag. You can have like different state. Uh, so I'm really, just listing things I've seen. You have like a foot washing station and a mm -hmm. art station and a a sock washing station. A sock wash. I've never seen that, honestly. See, yeah. The foot washing station is for all the guys that don't wear socks. <laughs> <laughs> Golly. Uh, the other big system would say uh, that it's not just things that are forbidden, but we we want to see these things positively displayed in Scripture or told this is how people should come near to God. Right. So... We as Reformed Baptists, we would be on the regulative side of things. We would say, mm -hmm. you know what? We think God's pretty clear in his word as to how people should worship him. Right. And uh, and we want the Bible to inform how we worship. Right. Not not just like, hey, stay away from the bad stuff and kind of every man do what's right in his own eyes. Right. We don't think that's how we so, should worship. Ill-fitting khakis, King James Bible only during service. Right. Um, I you know the Bible didn't command those things. No uh, prohibitions or um, commands for khakis or for King James Bibles, though some would think that there are for both. Um, so we would <laughs> we would hold to the regular principle: Bible should inform how we worship. Right. And so in that conversation, when we talk about liturgy, most people think when you say the word liturgy, the L word, they think you are talking about basically a catholic service right whereas the word liturgy just it means service mm -hmm. or an order to the service so everyone has a liturgy right the issue is very few people uh, or very few churches think through the logic of their liturgy so um, even churches where it's like seemingly chaotic if you observe it over the course of weeks there's actually like this odd ebb and flow Oh There's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Even in like certain very charismatic usually, ones, certain things usually follow certain yeah. things. The right? snake yeah. handling always comes before the poison. It, well, it, well, it has. Or to. Or is it the other yeah. way around? Well, yeah. I mean, I think it depends on the denomination, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. th there's yeah. even even in, in what seem to be very chaotic services, there tends to be a flow. There right. tends to be a pattern or a yep. yeah logic that go. Well, actually, not logic. The, uh, a pattern. We'll just stick with yeah. pattern. Yeah. And there are more developed. Um, so, uh, what what's a common pattern for most people? There's like the welcome. Yep. The, the announcements. Welcome, announcements. Twenty minutes a of song, announcements. Yeah, twenty minutes of announcements. Usually a song or two. Really awkward greeting time. Yes. Right. Um, uh, where you shake your neighbor's hand? Yeah, it's where you turn to your neighbor and greet them, which is literally the introvert's worst nightmare. <laughs> I have known in like I've I know people yeah. who have not gone to churches because of the greeting time. And I'm not saying that's right. I'm not sanctioning <laughs> that. You're just saying I'm what just is. saying I'm just saying it for how it is. Some of those churches y'all need to y'all need to shore that up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we did I, I was at one church uh that actually that I was a member at and um my friend was leading the service and he's like, Get up, tell your neighbor like you're excited. God saved them. Yeah, and those I turned are the around worst. Those are and really I, was, the worst. I, it just came out. I was like, man, I can't believe God saved you. <laughs> uh, that sounded weird. That sounded 
That sounded just didn't, give didn't me a hug, that to, big boy. Damn, where's the coffee? Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go hide in the bathroom. There's <laughs> the awkward um, greet. So one yep. re- real story. I went to a church and preached, and because they were pulpit filling, because they didn't have a pastor, and they did the greeting time right before the sermon. So you have the whole service. Oh, and then you have to like rile greeting time, in. and then you the guest speaker goes up to the pulpit, and they had an old school bell, and you had to ring the school bell. No. Yes. Way. In fact, somewhere in my shelves here, there's a school bell that a friend gave me in honor of that event. That sounds horrible. It was the most you're awful. Like, you're you're like up the there headmaster. ringing a dingling. It's like ring. <laughs> and yeah. And you're waiting for people to like. And you try to do it like, like quietly like at first, and they're still talking. Yeah. Go sit down. Everyone sit down. Oh my goodness. We need a bell. We need no, a bell. We have one downstairs. I know. Yeah. So there's, cowbell. we do need, we need more cowbell. I would be happy about that. Yeah. So then there's so yeah. like the greeting time, yep. more songs. Maybe some scripture reading. Offering. Prayer. Bad special music. Very, oh, horrible solos. Oh. Sermon. And then once yep. a month communion. Um, yeah. If you're yeah, lucky. If you're, if, if. <laughs> if That's you're, a if you're normal, blessed. evangelical, baptistic yep. In 2020, sort of thing. most churches that you go to. Especially non-denominational churches, I think you will find that to be just kind of the that's the big Eva. Or, yep, yep. Um, way of it, yep. but those who would hold to a regulative principle, so that'd be kind of a normative principle thing. Yeah, um, yep. there's a lot of moving pieces. Yeah, there's not a yep. lot of. I don't mean this in a negative way. There's not a lot of thought put into the logic of the no, service. No, 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 no. I think I think sometimes especially if you have a church that that might not know about the importance of the regulative yeah. principle but they have sound doctrine sure. and I think you see naturally a lot of kind of overlap between some things that might not fall into the regulative principle but because they have good doctrine because they want to worship God some yeah. of those things naturally fall into sure. the order of service. Um but what we're talking about is is an actual uh, what do you say? An actual time-tested structure. That, yeah, something that that's has not, a specific purpose. Yeah. It's not just found in history, though it is. It is a pattern that transcends um, denominational borders. We see it in lots of different mm-hmm. uh, historic lines of practice. Right. We also see it mirrored in the scriptures that. From the ordering of the sacrifices to Moses on the mountain to the way that they worshipped at the temple to there's a pattern right. that goes through the main truths of the gospel right. that dictate here's how you worship. Right. And so, yes. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I was going to say, and that that is the point of having a liturgy in, yes. in your service is that it's not just a whole bunch of random events strung together to make an hour and a half service. No. It's we have specific... Two-hour service. Uh, right, yeah, right. If you're Reformed Baptist, two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, with a half hour for communion. Um, <laughs> oh. we, yeah. um, it is a specific order of events that occur with the purpose of pointing the person that is worshiping to the gospel. All for the glory of God, yep. right? And that is the importance of having the regulative principle is that you really, at the end of the day, the normative principle has, for the most part, its its constituents as the main focus. What are we going to do to yeah. 
help this service be more palatable to people, sure. to make it easier for people, whereas the, whereas the regulative principle has as its focus, we are here for one reason, and that mm-hmm. is to worship God. And everything that we do in yep. this service is pointing and for that purpose. Pointing yep. to and for that purpose, right? Yeah. And we want, even in the way that, in the order of our worship, we want to be driving those, what, for lack of a better term, like gospel patterns Right. And ingrain them in people. Right. So that there's right. this, uh, so that it, it just becomes hopefully more natural over time. Right. So, so that people can actually look at our bulletins. Yep. And see the gospel patterned in how we conduct the service. Yeah. That's the point. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So just to walk through kind of some of the liturgy we do here at King's Cross, um, we always start with a call to worship. Because we need to know why we're here. Why are we here? And yep. God is always the one who invites people to worship him. Yes. We don't go presumptuously into his presence. He and his word is always the initiator. Right. And we do it a little, uh, this is, you don't have to do it this way. We're not saying if you don't do it this way, you're a scrub. Uh, this is just the way that we're doing it. Mm-hmm. We do a reader response call to worship that's always scripture so it's always the words of god uh read by the elder leading the service and the congregation yeah and one of the reasons why we do that is because we we want to set the tone early on that the congregation is not there to be a consumer they're there to be a participant right yeah no yeah exactly active participant right right it's not just it's not just us as the congregation coming to church to have the pastors or the elders worship for us. Yeah. Right. We watch are, the band. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Watch the band, just sit back and enjoy the show and then go home yeah. in time for the Seahawks game. Right. Um, or whatever state you're listening in, your NFL team. Sorry. I don't want to be, I don't want to be, your idol of choice. Your idol of choice. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But yeah, the call to worship is reminding us what we are here to do. We yep. are not here for us. We are here to worship God. Yep. Then we have a prayer of invocation. So that is um, the elder who's praying that even for worship, we need God's help. We're right. dependent creatures. This isn't something that we have our own strength to do, but we need him. Yep. Um, and then we usually sing uh, two hymns, two songs that are focused on God's character. So we want to encounter or be in, be reminded of the character of God. Who is he? What is he like? Mm -hmm. Um, And then we go straight into, now this is a rare piece. Uh, You're not going to find this in a lot of mainline churches. We go right into confession of sin. And this one is so important. Like, yes, it wasn't until I started going to a reformed Presbyterian church back in my youth pastor days that I was introduced there to uh, liturgy and to the confession of sin portion of the service. And I remember just kind of being blown away by this portion of the service of how, what do you say, just how, how, one, how important it Mm -hmm. is and how it really does put you into the, for lack of a better term, the correct mindset that you need to be in. Sure. Yeah, I remember as a kid, we did communion once a month, and it was always at the end of the service. Right. And we did the whole, like, sit there, think about your sin, confess your sin, feel bad about your sin. And I remember even as a kid going, 
we should have done this earlier. Mm. Like the rest, it was okay to not do this before the whole rest of the service. But now all of a sudden we should think about it. And our, our thinking is if you like, just look at the pattern of Isaiah, he sees who God is. Number one, he's brought into God's presence, right? He sees who God is. He's confronted with God's character. And the first realization he has is, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. Right. So we confess our sins. We do it kind of a two, two different ways. We have like a time for private personal prayer of confession. And then we, um, after a little bit, we read a corporate prayer of confession, sin or ways in which we've sinned as a body. Yeah. Then we which, stand. Which, which you guys get from where? Um, different, yeah, just different liturgies. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You can buy usually books of um, historic ways in which the church has, you know, right. I mean, the normal one would be like we've sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, or yep. in our sinfulness and shortcomings, or... There's, so, a, there's several main ones. And then and then this is one of the best parts of the service because we have just confessed our sin privately and corporately. And then and we then, greet our neighbor. <laughs> 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 and say, I can't believe God saved, saved you. you. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah. So continue. The confession of sin has happened. Now we go into the assurance of pardon. And I love It's one how, of my favorite parts. Oh, my goodness. I love how our church does it. Because we have just confessed our sin privately and corporately. The elder walks up and he says, Christians, hear the good news. And he has you stand for it. And we stand. Because that's what that's what people in court do. When Can they I are read acquitted. our sense of pardon? Um Is that okay or no? Well, it's probably different on every on every one, isn't it? We have we have different bulletins. We have five rotating. Yeah, you, five, can, you can read five one. rotating. What ones do you have? I've got Christians, hear the good news. The Lord is merciful and gracious, Mm -hmm. slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. As a father has compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear him. For he knows how we were made. He remembers that we are dust. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. His righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. And then I love this part because this is this is what's consistent about all of them. Yeah, This yeah. is at the end of each one. Yep. Right. It says, know that Jesus, that, excuse me, know that in Jesus, God embraces you, forgives you and strengthens you to live a renewed life. And the people say, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Oh, it's, it's so it. good. It's, it's so good. Really good. Y'all, if, 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 Y'all need this in your in your orders of service. Mm-hmm. You need the confession of sin. You need the assurance of pardon. It's it's amazing. So one clarification. Yes. We are often uh, misunderstood as people thinking that the elder is forgiving your sins. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I don't quite know. sure. I don't know where you would get that in hearing the assurance of pardon, but I guess maybe because he's up there saying the words. Maybe it's that and the robes know. that he wears. I'm yeah, and the we don't smoke wear robes. coming from the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, for assurance of pardon, we right. always read word for word from the scriptures. Right. So these, this is God's word speaking, assuring His people that they are forgiven. So good. the only words that aren't directly from scripture is the the end. Know that in Jesus, God embraces you, forgives you, and strengthens you. Those are all biblical 
thoughts well, and repercussions. Well, yeah, I mean, and I love the imagery. It's yeah. literally the, prod- the the father and the prodigal, the prodigal. son. Yep. The father embraces him. And because of what Christ has done for you, mm-hmm. God now embraces you as his son, as his daughter. The imagery is... It's rich. You can't beat that, man. It's so no. good. And then we go straight from there into singing. Yep. And the songs are kind of uh, usually... Special music. No. <laughs> We don't do that. Um, <laughs> he, he touched me. <laughs> oh, he t- we would have to go back into confession. <laughs> confession of sin. of sin right after that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, we right, go right music. into songs that are uh, redemption focused. So yeah. Thanksgiving based, celebrating what God has done in the gospel. Right. Um, and then we have another time of confession, not of sin. Confession. Confession means saying the same thing as God. Yes. So when it comes to my sin, when I confess my sin i say the same thing about my sin as god says right um we have another time of confession where we confess positively what we believe so we'll read uh corporately from a psalm or from a scripture or we'll read uh one of the creeds that i see in or the apostles yep. um we we want to take god's word and truth on our lips we also want to hear it spoken by others um in the church and then we have a time of pastoral prayer praying for the needs of the body um because of the access that's granted in the gospel right we now have um right to go boldly to his throne of grace and seek help so um we call on his name for help in pastoral prayer we worship by the giving of offerings more singing then we hear from his word read, his word preached. And then we have uh, a time for, after the sermon, we have a time for congregational prayer. So we've got time for um, folks in our body to lead out and pray, asking God to change their hearts in regards to what they've heard. Um, right. Yeah. Praying the truth uh, and applying it to um, the body. And then one thing we do every week is communion. And we yeah, could probably I have a love, whole podcast oh just on communion. Man, I love having communion every Sunday. Does it, it get old? Never. Does it, it get never once gets old? Does it old. lose its specialness? Never once. Does it get richer? It is literally the highlight of every service. Your preaching's great. It but, shouldn't be, any, but it's not as having good as communion. communion. Like every, like it, it, it is to the point now where if I don't have a communion on a Sunday, like mm-hmm. if I'm somewhere else and they don't have communion, I, I, I feel like I missed out. Yeah, I forget who like, it was. It, it says of communion and the sermon it says it doesn't, pre, it doesn't proclaim a better Christ, but it proclaims Christ better. Better, right? And I was like. That's actually a really, it's really good. nifty way of putting it. Yeah. So we do uh, communion every week. Yep. And one of the ways we try to emphasize it, it's a somber time, but it should be a celebratory time. Like we're rejoicing right. in what God has done. So even if you look at the last sacrifice, it was always the sacrifice that um, the worshiper would eat part of right. and invite his friends to share a meal. If you look at God on Sinai, uh, the last stage of that whole interaction is he invites the elders of Israel to come and eat in his presence. Right. If, if you look at all of the orders in which um, men draw near to God, fellowshipping and eating in his presence is always the last step. Right. So right. 
we uh, that's something we celebrate every single week. Um, we take bread and take wine and uh, look forward to what is ahead of us, celebrate what God is doing in us presently and look back to what he's done in the past. Right. And then we send the folks out with a benediction. Yeah. I bet a lot of churches don't have that. Yeah, I think I think a benediction, I mean, it, it wraps everything up, I think, very well. But then I think good benedictions also kind of, it gives you basically the so what. Okay. Of the service. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so I think a lot of benedictions will, will give the, what do you say? Will give the, basically the, uh, the marching orders then of the yeah, Christian. Yeah, the what now. Right. Right. Um, after, after everything we've just experienced, the confession of sin, assurance of pardon, receiving the word communion, it gives us now the, this is what you do now in light of this. So mm-hmm. I've seen that, uh, I've I've seen that as 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 one aspect of it that's really really important. Do you have a second one? Yeah, I think it's important for God to speak and bless his people through his word. Mm. And we for in the west we we very much undervalue that. I I don't think we see mm. why is it important that God would bless me? And you're like, okay, just say it again though, slower. Right. <laughs> and th- and think about the thing that you just said. Right. Like if you look at just how blessings function in the Bible. So obviously everyone's familiar with like the ironic blessing, the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. Yeah. Um, Which is a great blessing. It's a, oh, well, I think uh, it's phenomenal. It's fantastic. But there, there are more than that. Right. But here's a pet peeve of mine. Oh, okay. Pet peeve. Do Tell not me. read a doxology and call it a benediction. Oh, you don't like that. It's not a benediction. <laughs> it's a doxology. Okay. They're different words. Okay. 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 Settle down. Like it doesn't even make Settle sense. Down. Okay. I get you. I get you. Your sock. You, you, your socks are up in a bunch right now. <laughs> you like they iron are. those out. <laughs> They're bound up in my toes. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> so many times. Sure. Sure. To, yeah. They are. They are. But different is things. there a place for doxology? Well, yeah. Yes. Of course. It's just not a benediction. They get it. They get it. I don't know if they, they do. Okay. Do you? Yeah. Listeners, respond if you don't get it. All right, move on. We're good. We're good. So I was going to read You're one. You're caging. You're caging a little no, bit. No, that's okay. I'm not just caging. a little bit. I'm being just, specific. Just a little bit. You don't bit. care about truth. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for Korean culture. <laughs> you were supposed to do, remember we talked about that. How do you yeah. help someone out of the cage? Yeah. You get in you the You get cage in the cage with. and you cage harder. Yeah. All right. What are you reading us? I was going to read you, so you can get, to anyone who helps their church with liturgy, you can get um, a book on a lot of these things. You can get a collection of confessions of sin, assurance of pardon, calls to worship. Um, I have here a little pocket book called Benedictions, oh. a pocket resource. Yep. Um, they have Who them. puts it out? F. <laughs> Oh, Christian Focus. <laughs> you just saw the word F on the well, side. A, it's a Have you heard of F Publishers? <laughs> <laughs> Let me read you one of these, Josh. Uh, this book is chock full of them. Okay. These are all put together from scriptures. So this is straight out of um, the Scripture. words of God. May the God who shouted, Moab is my wash basin. 
Upon Eden, Edom, I toss my sandal. Over Felicia, I shout in triumph. May he lead you in triumph in Christ and spread through you everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. That's dope. Have a good week, everyone. Oh, dude, yeah. Get end so your service like good. that. Oh man, that's good stuff. Um, I like so that yeah, lot. get these resources if you are at all helping uh, your church with liturgy. So, question, Josh, man. Yes. As we wrap how come up. G- given how awesome liturgy is? Yes. And how robust and rich? Right. Which I'll just say before I get to my question, mm-hmm. I am so well fed. Before we ever get to the sermon, right in a rich service, the gospel has already been rehearsed. It's been saturated in the word. Yeah, man. I think that's the way it should be. Yes. How come this is not more common? Or why would a church not do this? Well, Daniel, I'm glad you asked. Please tell me, Josh. Yeah. It's for reasons like this. I'm going to read you something here. Okay. Is it a reason why people don't do it? Yeah. Okay. There's a church in South Carolina. Yeah. And this is public, so I'm going to I'm going to say the church. It's New Spring Church in South Carolina. Do you remember New Spring Church? You heard about this? It was a break off from Old Spring. <laughs> That's really bad. Anyway, um in 2009, this this might jog your memory a little yeah. bit. Uh in 2009 during an Easter service. Ooh, Resurrection. Resurrection Day. The zenith of Sabbaths. Yes. The phoenix of the Sabbath. The phoenix of the Sabbath. Yeah. Uh, they had a special music. Yeah. They did. Yeah. They did. If if you were to guess what kind of special music a probably a mega church down south would have during Easter service, what do you think yeah. it would be? Gotta be heroes or yep. um right. low in the grave. Low, yep, that's a good um, one too. Um were you there? Yep. Maybe one of my be- my favorites. It's a good one. It's a good yeah. one. Highway to Hell from ACDC. Mm. Was that was that anywhere in the in the it sphere was, of your it noggin? Was in the sh- <laughs> it wasn't in the top one hundred. No, no, no. Did they sing it congregationally? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. Um, but <laughs> here's the thing: 2020 rolls around, and the pastor says, "No regrets, no regrets." Playing ACDC Highway to Hell for Easter service, I would do it again, but better. The uh, reason people and churches do not... What was not that pastor's name? Stop for it. Perry Noble. That's it. Noble. Yep. yep. Perry Noble, pastor of New Spring Church in South Carolina. I don't mind calling that out because that's no. it's public and that's wrong. Yeah. And the reason people and churches and pastors do not want liturgy is so they can do crap like that. They don't like being I bound. I am dead serious. They mm. care more about the quote-unquote felt needs or desires of the people that pay their paycheck mm-hmm. over a service that glorifies God. So you think you think that that is a large motivator to pander to want to be popular oh yeah i think that's one of the greatest motivators i don't know I, I, th- I think our liturgy makes us kind of popular <laughs> yeah <with> the- <laughs> <laughs> we are so popular um, among the reformed baptist no i think it's it's it, there, I, I would there say, is a, i would say that's that is a motivator i wouldn't say it's the only one but yeah it, it's a big one well i mean ultimately it's wanting to be 
the focus of our own worship. Can't that can be one of them? I'll, so I'll say I grew up in a non-liturgy uh, church. Or well, non-liturgy that doesn't even make sense. In a not very non-liturgy. Well, that's a that's a yeah, but a liturgy just means service and order. Well, so yeah, but, okay. it was not a robust reformed liturgy. Okay. And it wasn't like we wanted it to be about us. We, I think we literally had never thought that our service should reflect the gospel. Like, I'd never been in a Reformed church. I'd never seen Reformed worship. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't think anyone really in our church had. And so it wasn't even a thought of, hmm, maybe the Bible has something to say here. So I think there are some folks who definitely want it to be all about them and they don't want any constraints. But I think there are probably several churches that our listeners would go to and they would they, they've never even heard of that the gospel should be i remember the first time i heard of like confession of sin assurance of pardon i was like whoa you guys do what sure and loved it um how you could hear of it and read of it like if you read oh brian chapel's christ-centered worship or if you read Michael Horton's um, A Better Way. Um, Those were really influential for me. Um, But if you could read those and then walk away and not change, that would be the harder pill for me to swallow. That's the the harder one for me. One critique that I hear a lot about people not liking a liturgy or, you know, if someone comes in and, and experiences a church that has a more structured liturgy and they're like, you yeah, know, it's just not my thing, not something I like. Yeah. How do we, does this mean that we should just be stuffy and boring? Yeah. Is that, yes? So here, here's, <laughs> no. a, here's a phrase we have. Yeah, Old yeah, is gold. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, no, I'm going to go around the church and collect all the doilies. Not only should liturgy not be old and stuffy, right? but should be fresh, zealous, yeah, wholehearted, um, enthusiastic, uh, and rich. Right. So right. because it's it flows out of the gospel. And, and yeah. Right. And and, and what we're to the and gospel. the words that we're presenting and saying are meant to lead the person, the whole person, the mind and the right. heart. To worship God, right, and if that's stuffy and boring, and shame on us, and we need to apply ourselves. It's true, um, yeah. But we do a mix, so we're like we're not hymns only here, we're not contemporary only here. We're yeah, yeah, it's a good mix. We we are our goal is to sing solid stuff from the past and the present. A lot of Bethel, a lot of Jesus culture. Got a couple hill songs in there. ACDC's coming up this Sunday. Yeah. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you kiss your mama with that mouth. No, and wash that thing out with soap. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> One of the biggest objections leveled against liturgical worship, and we'll probably kind of wind it down with this: is doesn't that take like all of the heart out of worship? Like, how can I worship from the heart if everything is, is constrained? Yeah, right. I can tell you, and here's the thing: it is, it is a, it, yeah, it is a critique. It's an emotional critique, and I will come at it from this half, and maybe you'll come at it from the other half. I, I will combat that with a with an emotional response. That's not true. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. Okay, um, I have never been 
if now I'm talking strictly emotions, and I know emotions are not the barometer that we use for the quality of worship. Sure. That's not what I'm saying. But I have been in both on both sides of that aisle, mm-hmm. right? You've worshipped under uh, several different forms of worship. Yes, flags. Having a <laughs> plagues. Flags. Oh, flags. <laughs> said plagues. That's when you go to church super sick. Yeah, that's right. Um, I have never experienced such gospel-centered worship and gospel-centered, you know, d- directing my emotions toward the correct thing. I've never experienced that better than when I have worshipped under and in the confines of a biblical gospel-centered liturgy. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't so, happened. So, so you would say you're you you've not experienced that. No, I haven't experienced that. And if In somebody fact, comes away, the opposite. I have experienced the drastic opposite. And if somebody's coming away from a liturgical service mm-hmm. with that, yeah. I would say, well, okay, it might you know it might be them. Maybe they're sure. they're wanting some spiritual high that just is unrealistic. Sure. Or on the other end, maybe the church isn't doing their liturgy right. Like if it's boring and if it's if you're just kind of dragging on, that's not worship. Sure. Right. So it could be it could be one of those two things. Yeah. I think uh, anything we do has the possibility of becoming rote and heartless. That's the natural consequence of it. Right. Like you could do that. I don't think there's anything inherent in it that demands that. Um, And I would. So those who would have our time with like reading and responding like where you know you're reading through something and they would say like I'm so confined um I I've talked with folks who've who've come to the church and they we we weren't their cup of tea yeah and their their thing was well I don't feel like I'm worshiping because it's not from flowing from the heart because we read prayers sure sure it it's not a quote unquote natural outflow sure right yeah what but which I tell them you get that all of our songs are liturgical prayers that are all spoken in unison to a melody. Yeah. Like that every song that we sing, it's not like we don't like free riff, like free worship. Everyone sings what's right in their own eyes. Right. Like we, we sing words that are thought out. Right. Set out well and ordered. And that doesn't seem to hinder us. No. No. Um, so what's wrong with extending that? Now, I don't think it, it should all be scripted where it's like every single word that's spoken has to be thought out. But sure, sure. I don't think that intentionality and being careful kills worship. In fact, I think it can be a tremendous help in worship. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, think, I think it's important to, as you are coming into a church service, taking inventory of why you're there yeah right and and again i you know i want to be balanced but you know if somebody is coming in wanting that and needing i will say mm-hmm. needing that emotional high in order for them to consider it as worship i would probably you know want to lovingly have a conversation and be like hey you know maybe some of the expectations you have or maybe some of your definitions that you have for worship might not be as scripturally aligned as they could be. Sure. Right. And 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 those c- kind of conversations can be had. Yeah. Yeah. And we would say that emotions should accompany worship. Of course. But yeah. they're not the end goal no. of worship. No. No. So just like it's wrong to seek emotions only, 
Like that that's a ditch. Yep. The other ditch and the reform ditch is that we no say all the right things. We draw Stoic. near with our mouth, but our hearts are far from him. Right. That seems like the biblical thing. Yep. yep. It's good stuff, man. This song, I am actually dipping my toe. Ooh. I'm throwing you a bone on this one. Not only is this very nostalgic for me, yeah. because I can actually point, I can remember the time and place I heard this song mm-hmm. for the first time, and it changed my life. I'm throwing you some Christian 90s. So you were like four when this song came out. No, stop with, the, stop with the degrading <laughs> comments. You're being mean to me. <laughs> what is this song? You are being Is it in the 90s? Mean, it is, yeah. Who's so, it by? I'm not going to tell No, listen while I talk. You're so rude. I Sorry. swear. Start over. Start I'm going over. to burn your beard Start over. off. No, I'm not starting over. You burn my beard off. 1990. You're keeping all this because I want our listeners. I'm looking at my producer right now. I want our listeners to hear what I go through on a daily basis. Uh, weekly. Thank you. Don't cut it out. <laughs> Don't cut. I want all of this in. I want I want them to hear. Okay, this song came out on Ju- this album came out on June twentieth, nineteen ninety. I'm not gonna tell you the band or the song because that would ruin it. That would ruin it. I think our listeners are gonna like this. Mm-hmm. At least our old, maybe slightly older than you and I generation of listeners. Okay. All right. Here we go. Nostalgia is hitting hard for somebody right now. Me included. But. So far, nothing. That's fair. Sounds. Super 90s, late 80s, early 90s. Like it yeah, came out yeah, in 90, June of 90. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. Oh, it's so good. Is this Petra? Yes! Well I done. hate Petra. Oh, no. <laughs> How can you hate Petra? I hate Petra. They are so good, dude. No. Oh, my goodness. You They're hate everything Petra. that's wrong with Christian I music. I love this song. So this song is on my, I mean, top top 10 of Petra songs. It's not my number one, but I actually did a blog post on my top, uh, my top Petra 10 song. Petra songs. Yeah, I think, I think people, if you like Petra, go read it. It's such a good song, man. Beyond Belief. How what do you is not be- like this? What is Beyond Belief? He, like, li- what are, are you the, listening to the words? Yeah, like, what's Beyond Belief? Like, What shine? I, I don't know. It's Christian he 90s. Says, There's your, no point. Let your light shine before men. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> they had the Bible verse. All right, whatever. <laughs> Let's see where it breaks down. Okay, dude, I have the drums memorized to every Petra song. Oh. From middle school through mm-hmm. like beginning of college. It was Petra. It was Striper. It was here's the thing. Weird. So this is a fun fact. I don't think I don't take pride in this because mm-hmm. I think it's actually kind of weird. Yeah. I can go toe to toe with eight Christian 80s bands with any dude in his 50s. <laughs> any Christian dude in his 50s. Obscure so, rock 80s. Chan bands. and I met privately and we determined that you're only allowed to show me one song from each band. So I'm glad we're getting Petra out of the way. I was not a part of this meeting. No, we had a quorum though. No, that's not how this works. <laughs> that's not how this works. No, 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 no. No, it is a unanimous vote. I'm just this glad that not- we got the Petra 
out of the way. <sighs> if this was the only Petra song I get to play you, I probably would have played you a different one. <laughs> but maybe for I wanted. Your I, this is for our listeners. This is. Oh, thank you. This is for our <laughs> listeners. Our, this is this is for the listeners out there. If you love Petra, give us a like. Give us a follow. Comment on this post that when we share this episode, yeah. comment your favorite Petra song and when you first heard them. I, I want to hear from our listeners. Tell me. How, how much you love Petra. And, and we don't want to discriminate. If you hate Petra, also comment and tell you, us how much you hate if Petra. If you hate Petra, you can go comment on like Doctrine and Devotion or something like that. <laughs> the, they'll take you. They will take your cynical... Well, check us out on all the sociables. <laughs> hey, everyone, thank you for listening. Yeah, get us on all the sociables, Instagram and Facebook, at Reformatory Pod. Uh, if you don't mind, leave us a like and review. Uh, mm-hmm. On Facebook and on iTunes. It helps us get the podcast out in front of more people. We really appreciate it. Good reviews do that. Good reviews. Yeah. Raving reviews. If the reviews are not accompanied by strobe lights and dubstep, we will not take them. Mainly five stars. But yeah. Five star reviews. Head on over to Patreon. Support us on Patreon. It costs money to do these podcasts. We would really appreciate it if you'd pitch in and help us out. New eps every Thursday. If you have any questions about anything that we've talked about, send us a message. Comment on a post. Thanks for listening, guys. Out. Later. Later.